Hey everyone, this is 80s wrestling fan Brian, and you're listening to episode 11 of Legendary Wrestling Figures. Get a lot of questions about cleaning LJNs that people purchase, either their old collection or um, ones that they've just gotten. And uh, what I like to use is hot water with either hand soap or dish soap. Currently, I'm using uh, just Dawn antibacterial hand soap where I'll take a, I have a five gallon bucket. I, a lot of times I'll get lots or groups of LJNs on eBay. So I'll, I'll get the bucket about a third to half full of very hot water. Uh, put the, uh, I'll put the hands up in there first and run the hot water on them. And I'll put five or six at a time in there and I'll let them soak anywhere from 10, 15, 20 minutes. Um, you do want to be aware that uh, there are a couple figures where you might slightly discolor if you leave them in too long. Tito Santana, uh, Kamala, just um, don't forget about them. So if you if you want to be on the safe side, do it for five to ten minutes. But you want to get off the get that uh, that stickiness off of them, and so that's that's one way you can do it. Plus sometimes they're just filthy. So if they're just caked in, in dirt and grime, then maybe you want to go a couple cycles with them. Maybe you want to do just a couple at a time. And if you're just doing one or two at a time, maybe you can get some kind of plastic container that isn't uh, a five gallon bucket. But, uh, like I say, either some dish soap or some hand soap and hot water with a good soak, uh, usually works best. And then I'll go and I'll I'll take them out and under the sink I'll use a toothbrush and I'll and I'll scrub them one at a time with a toothbrush and a little more vigorous on the skin part um, on the flesh tones and if it's something where you are trying to just clean yours up and you're not looking to repaint them then of course be be a little bit more careful on the paint I mean the paint is fairly durable but uh, but of course if you're if you're not trying to repaint them then uh, you want to be a little more careful if you're somebody like me that's going to remove the paint anyway. I'm, I'm typically a little more careful around the eyes, but uh, again, the original paint's pretty durable. So usually it's the, the rest of the figure. I'll, I'll, I'll try and scrub it pretty, pretty well to get rid of as much as possible. And it's not going to get rid of a lot of the marks. Those are, uh, those are the next step in the process. I will tell you there's five figures in particular that you want to be kind of careful with and those are from series five and that's because uh, I've talked about it before but those figures they're using the um, the base of the base color of the rubber is the color that's the majority of the paint on there so slick for instance has more gray on his figure than anything so they used a base of gray rubber when they made him and they painted on his skin his jacket uh, so you, a lot, that's why a lot of times you'll see a slick figure with a, a brown nose or a gray nose instead of his, his flesh tone. Um, the other ones to watch out for aside from slick would be Ted DiBiase. Uh, the majority of his suit is black. So they used a base color of black on the, uh, on the rubber for that figure and painted on the rest of his, uh, his skin, his hair and the, the colors on his suit, uh, the, the money, um, Honky Tonk Man, of course, you've seen most of the Honky Tonk Mans you'll see out there that aren't mint on card are going to be um, they're going to be blue 
on parts of his face or his hands. That's because he's got the blue jumpsuit that makes up the majority of his figure. That's the the base color they used for the the rubber on Honky Tonk Man. And the last two that you really want to be careful with are Bam Bam Bigelow and One Man Gang. Both of those, they used a base rubber um, or a base black color on the rubber and painted in the rest. So uh, those five figures in particular, whenever you're cleaning or also uh, getting to the next step, which is using nail polish remover or acetone, you want to be a little more careful with any of those five figures than you need to be with the other figures. And of course, Series 6, I'm always uh, I'm always uh, real hesitant to, to mess around with Series 6 just because those have gotten so expensive, and, and Sergeant Slaughter would be another one that's so expensive now that you just kind of watch out. Um, if you're getting to the point where you're about to start one, you can always just scan on eBay and get an idea what that figure is going for. So you'll see a George Steele, and you don't have to worry too much about uh, the price of uh, of George Steele and, and messing him up. But, for instance, if you see a Bret Hart and a Jim the Anvil Knight Hart on eBay, you'll notice those are also quite a bit more expensive. So, generally speaking, any of them that I find that are super expensive to replace at that moment, those I'd, I'd try and just be a little bit more careful around. Um, again, the next step after your uh, your hot water and dish soap or hand soap uh, soak is to take them out of there and use a the toothbrush to scrub them get away any dirt that you can and, and try to get rid of the the stickiness sometimes you'll have to go through a second or even a third round if these are are still sticky to the touch um, I like to let them you know use paper towels and dry them off afterwards but if they're still sticky after that sometimes I'll go through another round of 10 minutes of soaking in very hot water with the dish soap or the hand soap. Um, the the step after you've got them to where you want them there is is of course using the nail polish remover acetone to get rid of marks on the figures and this is where the flesh tones aside from those five I mentioned um, I, I use that uh, method of q-tips and the acetone on the flesh of these figures to try and get rid of all the different marks that are on them uh, before I start on the painting process and as you're painting as you notice something you can always hit it with the acetone afterwards but be be real careful not to hit any paint that you don't want to remove with the acetone it's not an instant thing it does take a little pressure with the q-tip to to remove paint but if you do it you're you're in a situation where now you've you've got to either replace it which matching it exactly is difficult or you got to live with uh, some of the paint that's uh, that you wanted to keep being removed um, and of course when I when I go to repainting them uh, at first the first couple that I did I, I was just trying to paint over the original paint and that's that's not bad you can still do that it's just uh, uh, if you do all these rubber figures um, the paint is something where if you drop it or if you rest it up against your other figures and just leave them like that they can they can still transfer paint from one to an, uh, another so uh, I like to have a little space between them on the shelf when I put them on there and uh, and there's a little tackiness if you're using the Mod Podge uh, where again if you're just gonna leave them there for a long time they can they can stick to each other and transfer a little bit of paint so I like to have a little space between them um, also, if you store them in a hot, uh, humid environment or, or even hot, dry environment, we have a, uh, it's pretty dry out in Northern California where I'm at, but uh, 
but the the heat isn't great for the uh, the paint the Mod Podge, um, and I'm sure after. 30 plus years, close to 40 years, people that left their figures in their attic or their garage in places that weren't climate controlled, uh, there was a little bit more uh, of an issue with with different elements of that climate affecting the paint and the condition of their LJNs. Um, the uh, acetone, uh, uh, to remove the, uh, uh, the paint mm -hmm. off of the different figures, it uh, some figures are tougher than others, so budget yourself with plenty of time if you're... Sometimes it'll take uh, more than an hour to try and get the paint off of a figure before I repaint it. Um, if it's something where you're starting in, somebody like Greg Valentine, Paul Orndorff, uh, those are going to be a lot easier for your first tries if you're going to remove the paint and paint on new trunks than somebody like... Uh, one of the most difficult ones I've done is Mean Gene Okerlund. Uh, he's had you know, basically just his hands and his uh his face and head don't have paint so if you're going to try and redo uh, like i did uh, khaki pants with a dark blue jacket that probably took me close to three hours to remove all the paint before i started repainting him so that's something that just be aware that when you start a project it might be a project you're going to spend multiple days on so if it's something where you're doing it on a Sunday, it might be the course of multiple Sundays uh, of getting these figures done uh, before you can wrap it all up. Um, as far as the uh, second part of the podcast, this is where if you just wanted to learn about cleaning your figures, uh, then that's that's where we're at. That's, that's the methods I use. Uh, I'll just tell a quick story about uh, the first ones I, I cleaned. And, and uh, uh, so... This is a little bit more of the uh, story time. So basically, when I uh, went to visit my folks, I I would go for holidays and whatnot. And in 2012, uh, that's when I actually, I think I've said it before, but that's when I basically rescued all of my LJNs from my, my parents, uh, from their uh, storage underneath their house. And so they... You know, I grew up in uh, a town about 25 minutes from where I'm at now. And in 2005, that's when my folks moved into a new house. And when they did, they took all of our childhood toys. Uh, unfortunately, that's when I uh, lost some of my old toys, like my Hot Wheels and some of my G.I. Joe vehicles. Uh, my dad had given them away to a contractor. And so... I wish he'd asked me, but uh, what's done is done. And that's probably uh, when I talked on the Father's Day episode about uh, uh, my dad and if he reminded me of Bobby Heener, Grill Monsoon, and, and I said that uh, that he had more heel tendencies. That's probably why. <laughs> I probably still haven't uh, forgiven him for getting rid of some of those toys that I wish I could get a hold of now, but uh, some contractor snuck in and, and asked for him, and my dad gave them to him without asking me. So I should just be grateful that he didn't get rid of all my G.I. Joes and my Transformers and a lot of the Star Wars um, and, uh, and my, my wrestling collection. But uh, my mom had been sick for oh, about 15 years, and for the first five years or so, she never knew why. And when she finally got a decent doctor and figured it out, it was just it was a, some disease where... Uh, it's called hemochromatosis, and it's something where you're you can't get rid of the iron in your blood, and uh, and so 
by the time 2012 rolled around, she'd been living with that for years and she'd gone and done, uh, different, uh, infusions and transfusions to, you know, get rid of the iron filled blood and, and put in blood that, uh, was not so iron filled. And so by, uh, by 2012, getting close to Christmas around Thanksgiving, I went over there and was looking at my wrestling toys and decided I wanted to bring them home. But I was a little concerned with my mom and, uh, her health. And, and she's one of these that takes care of everybody else, but didn't take care of herself as well. So before Christmas, I went ahead and I brought all the 40 LJN wrestlers I had from my house over to my house, which, uh, I brought them from my parents' house over to my house, which is again, 25, 30 minutes from there. We're, uh, sister towns, pretty, pretty close. And, and, and I started cleaning them out in the garage. And at that time I was just putting a little dish soap on there and scrubbing them with toothbrushes and just trying to get them all cleaned up. And so it's just interesting the uh, right before uh, Christmas, I brought them home and then I went and saw my folks at Christmas and again, worried about my mom's condition and uh, in the first week of January or so I hadn't, I hadn't cleaned all my wrestlers. I was, I was, uh, you know, working full time and, uh, and it was something where it was just a project I would get around to. So my girlfriend, uh, the phone, the house phone rang and my girlfriend answered it. And at first she thought it was my, my grandma, my mom and my grandma sounded a lot alike, but, uh, but my mom asked if she could talk to me and my, my girlfriend said, uh, Oh yeah, hang on. He's, he's cleaning his dollies. And so, uh, my mom was confused and what? Oh yeah. He's, he's cleaning his wrestling dollies. So my mom laughed and, and, uh, said, Oh yeah, he, he brought those over. Now I understand. And so then I, I got to talk to my mom and, uh, and it, it's just a kind of a funny story. Cause that was, um, you know, first week in January, probably, and I would call and talk to her every Sunday. And so when the, about the starting the second week in January, I'd called her and talked to her on Sunday. And then the next, uh, the next night, uh, for some reason just decided that, uh, that even though I had called her the night before, I would call and check on her again. And so when she answered, she was, uh, surprised and happy that I had called again and, uh, and we talked and then, uh, I went through the, the week just going to, to work. I typically worked uh, Tuesday through Saturday at that time. And, uh, and I sold uh, car stereos and electronics for, from about the, I, I'd mentioned before I got a job in summer of 90, right after I turned 16. So I was in the video rental section the first year. And after that, I moved over into selling, uh, electronics by, it was a Radio Shack franchise store. So we sold all kinds of different electronics. I learned about, uh, telephone, uh, cell phones. I learned about answering machines. I learned about car stereos, regular stereos, all kinds of different electronics of the era. I got to record a lot of, uh, answering machine messages for old ladies that didn't want to have their voice on the phone because way back then, uh, people had this thought, I don't know if anybody else remembers this, but, uh, that if somebody called and got an answering machine, that meant maybe somebody wasn't home 
and so that would be a good time to rob them or something and little old ladies were worried that if you called uh, if somebody called and they got a little old lady on the phone then that would be a prime target to go and and try to uh, be a burglar and and rob the little old lady so i I, I don't know how many messages I recorded for people on their phones so they at least have a man's voice on the phone. So um, anyway, funny story. So anyway, I was, uh, this is 2013, January 2013. I'm going through my work week and it was probably about 1130 that day when I uh, got a call from uh, my little brother who worked, uh, he works over with my dad. And so he would go home for lunch every day. And, uh, anyway, he called, he had, uh, the misfortune of going home for lunch and my mom had passed away. So here we are 10 years later, still difficult for me to talk about, but, uh, it's, uh, it's one of those things where you have the uh, connection of uh, the nostalgia of getting some of these toys, uh, getting all these toys uh, from your parents, you know, from my mom and dad, them going to all the efforts to get me the uh, the toys that, that I wanted, the toys that my brother and I wanted, and then the, the bridge to bringing them from the childhood home and cleaning them up, and then, uh, and then her passing away and me still having them now building on the collection trying to make them new again and uh and then it's just it's just this weirdness of uh my girlfriend and I we've been together for almost 27 years but uh it's just strange that for her the last time that she talked to my mom was uh uh when she told her that uh I was cleaning my dollies <laughs> so anyway kind of fun stuff uh not fun, but uh, interesting, and uh, and just this weird thing, this weird connection of different points in your life. And so, almost went with a, a title related to cleaning dollies. Again, it's she told somebody at her at her work they asked uh, they asked about about me, and she said, "Oh, he uh, he collects wrestling figures, and I like to call them dollies." And it's funny because that guy collected transformers, and she said that. Uh, that Brian doesn't really like me calling him dollies. And the guy says, well, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with that either. I, I collect transformers and I'm not comfortable with you calling them dollies either. And for me, it's always been kind of funny, uh, more than irritating that she calls them dollies. It's just, it's just one of those, uh, one of those things where as toy collectors, as action figure collectors, uh, we all have the stigma of, yeah, we're, we're playing with dollies. So, um, I really appreciate anybody that's uh, stuck with me through 11 episodes or even just checking one episode at a time out. Uh, again, so much fun for me to, uh, to discuss this stuff and, uh, and share some stories with people. I will talk to you guys soon. Again, thanks for listening to episode 11 of Legendary Wrestling Figures. Uh, you can always send me a DM or a message on Twitter at 80 underscore wrestling. In case you have a, a particular question that you're going to paint or clean up one of your own figures or you're looking at a price of something, you just want a second opinion, uh, let me know. I'll do my best to help you out. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.